0: back for your favorite weekly podcast show this is location weekly it's episode number 579 we're recording on july the 26th yes the month has gone quickly and uh but we've got four good stories to share with you as usual this week and i'll let uh yeah abriana tell us you know what's going on what's happening
1: well, here in New York, if you are, you know, in the tri-state area, you have been melting this week, as most of us, um, and it looks like we're getting a little reprieve this morning, so I am grateful for a little bit of a, a break from the heat and humidity, not a, a huge break, but you know, I'll take the 10 degrees, ma'am, uh, and, and maybe, I don't know what percentage drop in humidity, but yes, I feel like I've been in Atlanta, and it's, you know, I'm not in Atlanta anymore, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> um, but I do love the summer and, you know, I'm, I'm also looking forward to a weekend with friends and hanging out with, you know, with them around the pool. So even if the humidity comes back, like a seat that's telling me is going to happen up here in the Northeast, um, you know, I'll be able to, to jump in and cool off, but yeah, you know, it's just summer getting to middle end of summer here and trying to enjoy it. How about you?
0: Yeah, kind of the same. Like we had the same humidity. Um, We tend to have the same weather here in Toronto that, you know, you guys have Um, generally, it kind of comes all the way up that Eastern
1: seaboard there.
0: Um, But yeah, we've had the the little break from the humidity the last couple of days and apparently the weekend it's coming back, but uh, yeah, it's been good. We Toronto is like every weekend, uh, there's some you know four or five six you know different street festivals going on. So in my neighborhood there was a, the beaches jazz festival all weekend. So I got to spend a bunch of time hanging out, checking out some bands and eating some food you know on the street, which was kind of fun. Um, yeah, but um, there's always stuff going on here. It's 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 a good time in the summer. And I guess like, you know we can't complain too much because you know soon it'll be winter and then we'll be like it's so cold and. You know we'll be looking for that heat again. So you got to embrace all the seasons.
1: That's right. Soak it in. Well, we have a good story so, today, um, and I can kick it off. We've got four stories, no. um, but you know our friends over at Rio SEO. Hi Scott. We've we've known this company for a long time. Longtime LBMA members, um, and they have partnered with Movable Inc for some hyper-local content. This is a pretty cool and I would say straightforward yet applicable uh, partnership here. So if you don't know Rio SEO, they provide this all-in-one local marketing platform. So they're all about increasing that online visibility, hence the name Rio SEO. And Movable Inc., which is a content personalization company And so the strategic partnership is really creating a streamlined search experience for their customers, but delivering that content via email and mobile. So pretty cool. You think about, you know, a lot of retail locations have multiple locations and sending the most relevant content via mobile and email is really important. So, you know, maybe not sending something for a store that's further away or uh, that may have like a little different offering. Um, So they work with retail clients like Pandora Jewelry. So some of the examples they said would marketers would be able to better distribute local store data, um, you know, seamless integration with email and mobile marketing communications and ensuring that accurate store information tailored to each specific, you know, recipients, hyper-local location. And, um, And then the personalization really making sure that that relevant and targeted information and one thing that they noted and i would love to have some numbers on this but they were saying this obviously in turn reduces unsubscribe rates and encourages sales and customer retention which i agree with like how many times do you get an email that you just say this is not applicable to me i don't you know i signed up for this when i was in another city let me just unsubscribe really quickly so i like that they have that focus as well so um nothing groundbreaking here but sounds like a very Strong partnership for their clients, um, and just kind of continuing that hyper local focus, that consumer engagement focus, um, and making things more relevant at that local level.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, as you say, it, it's it's an interesting uh, partnership. I think you know from a real point of view, I think this widens their portfolio of services nicely, and you know adding in you know sort of that expertise that. Movable Inc. has in uh, hyperlocal um, uh, email marketing and being able to sort of put in real-time content into those emails I think makes sense. Um, it's something that I still think is, it, especially on the email side of things, is, you know, underutilized and, and maybe not even well known that it's, a it, you know, it, it, that's, that's out there and available. Uh, I don't see it from a ton of companies, but I think it makes sense, right? Like, I think it's, And especially if you're a retailer or a restaurant brand or somebody like that, you know, that has those kinds of newsletters and subscriptions and things like that, that we, that you just referenced, I think having that kind of real time localized content, uh, can add a lot there. And obviously Rio has a lot of those types of clients with their broader platform services. Um, so I think bringing these two things together makes a lot of sense. So good partnership. All right. On to our second story now. Uh, so GetGo uh, Cafe and Markets, which is uh, a division of Giant Eagle, um, has uh, rolled out some new technology in their stores. So if you've been into any kind of convenience store or you know that type of setup, and you walk in and they've got like the you know refrigerators, um, you know with all the drinks and everything in there, and you you know you're looking to grab. You know your Gatorade or your you know Coke or whatever it is that you're grabbing. Um, you know you open up the thing and you look to, to 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 get what you have. But they're using some new technology from a company called Cooler Screens, and replaces the traditional doors on these refrigerators uh, in the stores with digital smart screens. So picture now instead of the glass door, now you have a screen. Uh, and what's cool about this is these screens are real time digital door displays of content, Um, and uh, they're um, able to superimpose contextually relevant media uh, and merchandising content on the screens. Uh, So kind of trying to improve the experience there. Uh, And what's really interesting about it is when when the customer, when the shopper approaches the cooler before making a potential purchase, the display switches from whatever the ad content was to a planogram. and the planogram then provides product and pricing promotions and nutritional information about the actual products that are behind the door. Um, so I think that's really interesting um, and uh, they're seeing some good results with this. So they've increased, uh, Gecko says, they've increased same-store same sales uh, and customer experience and utilize insights uh, from this specifically. They've recorded a 4.9% uh, incremental same-store sales lift for beverages um driven by soft drinks coffee and energy and they've also experienced a 4.4 percent growth in beverage transactions in these digitally enabled stores compared to the non-digital stores so overall they're getting good results and i don't know what the payback period is on you know uh technology and screens like this but i think it's interesting it's and if it's if it's driving more incremental sales if people are going in there looking for you know, the promotions or the nutritional information, uh, and being able to kind of transition that in real time as they approach the door. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that like having something that is more than just like a sticker banner on a door is really helpful. Um, maybe being able to see multiple options. When you go to those glasses, a lot of times you have, you know, 50 different options in front of you in one door alone. And so being able to make a quick choice or having an idea of what you're looking for or trying something new, you know, sometimes you just grab something and go, but maybe you would add, like you mentioned, add another beverage to that to try something different Um and increase those sales. So yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I think that It just probably depends on the context in terms of like nutritional information could also deter people from making certain transactions (laughs) versus uh, promoting it. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, is ignorance bliss? I don't know uh, when it comes to our drink choices. But overall, I like the idea of having a more, not necessarily interactive, but a smarter, uh, you know, way of advertising in, in that area in a convenience store. So interesting. Well, let's move from beverages over to the most magical place on earth, um, apparently, which is Disney. If you don't know, I mean, I'm not one of those Disney people. I don't. I I don't think you are either, Steve. There's like those adults that go to Disney every year because they love Disney <laughs> because they have kids. No, that's not me. <laughs> so it well, is. Awesome. I
0: have to say, I have to say this though. Like I, you know, based on some friends who've been recently with, um, you know, young. Um, you know, younger kids, um, and I have a son, you know, who's who's into this. But like, I will go at some point soon, just for the Star Wars experience stuff, because you know, I'm into that. He's into that, and I think that's pretty cool uh, from what I've seen and heard. But other than that, I'm kind of
1: not really a huge Disney fan. <laughs> Uh, I could agree. So I'm a, I am definitely planning on a Disney trip in my near future. You know, my kids are at those ages where it's still like magical and the princess and whatever else is like still cool. I don't know how long that's going to last, but um, it's definitely not like one of my top places as an adult that I'm dying to go. However, there's a new uh, partnership that Disney is teaming up with Snap for, um, and this is letting people who are visiting Magic Kingdom Park add their selfies um, or like their photos as stars to this AR mural around Cinderella's castle. Um, You know, Cinderella's castle is like this big centerpiece in the middle of the park, a lot of the parades, the fireworks, all of the magic kind of started and happens there. So this is happening. They're pairing SNAP's um, augmented reality lens technology with Disney's PhotoPass service. Uh, and this is an experience that you have to purchase it's like everything else at Disney so I hear and. Uh, so what this is allowing park visitors they choose a spot on like Cinderella's castle they digitally pin their photos there. And then over time Disney saying it's going to open up more areas of the castle for visitors to pin their memories. And you can uh, see everybody's photos there. So if you pin your photo, other people can see it, any any part guests. And they'll remain part of the digital mural for at least the next three years, hoping that families return year after year and can you know kind of see how they progress or add family numbers or whatever through those photos. Um, and then the exclusive video of a visitor's specific photo that flies from the castle can be downloaded and shared um, This is for buyers who purchased the 50th anniversary package. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, this is like, again, it's kind of a fun thing, but I really would not spend any money on this personally. I don't think my kids would care about it. I wouldn't care about it. But I do know those people who would care about it and love it. And, you know, it's something that's exclusive and it's Disney. And those people who are diehard Disney, you know, that are going once a year or multiple times a year, this could be their thing. Um, So I like that they're bringing in more digital interactions. I do think this, however, could be expanded to people who maybe don't get to go into the park or, you know, have visited the park in the past and want to still imagine themselves there. Could they go to Disney in the metaverse? I don't know. So I feel like this is just scratching the surface for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, Disney's always looking to make a dime through photo pass service fast pass which now is no longer and now there's something else and you know there's always like a new way of doing things so I think they're just you know continuing to try what else can we do to create these experiences and these moments throughout the park and this doesn't really cost us anything right this is a digital real estate that we have available and um you know a pretty seamless thing but what do you think
0: yeah i'm kind of mixed on this one right like i i I think it's interesting you know like as you were talking about this you know i'm I'm picturing like in an old school way you know like a wall where like you've been there and like you know you sign your name on the wall or something and you know you've left your sort of mark on that place right and this is essentially like you know a virtual um you know ar um you know sort of gallery of, of photos you know that are pinned to that location um and so i I like the concept of it i personally i don't like i I don't like it that it's like something you have to pay for to participate in i like you're already paying to be there you're already paying to go to the castle like you know like let me leave my photo there and then monetize if you want like the the content outside of that right um in terms of like if people want to kind of you know, share that on social media, you know, with their friends or, you know, or because this is tied to the My Disney Experience app, you know, like if you've been there this weekend and, you know, other family members have been there like, you know, three months ago, you know, through some sort of, you know, social media, you know, connection that you're linked up to each other, you know, when I'm there, I can like, it directly lets me see the photos of, you know, you know, my friends or my family that were there before me you know, in that spot or something like that, I think would be kind of interesting because just seeing a gallery of like a billion photos, like, you know, of, of people who've been there that I don't know or are not relevant to me, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But like, you know, like if you go to like a place and like, again, I'm going back to this old school and like I wrote my, my name on the wall and somebody's, you know, that you know really well or a good friend or family member, you know, did the same thing. Like you're gonna go there trying to find You know their signature right or find their whatever on the wall and I think that kind of discovery of of content in that way could be an interesting you know uh, piece to this but conceptually I like how they're creating you know virtual content tied to a physical space um you know I I, I'm just not kind of sold on the whole sort of like pay to play part of it yep I
1: will not be happy (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah all right on to our final story now so there's a new um, technology a new app uh, out in the marketplace called smart radio and this is a joint venture between a connected vehicle technology company called connected travel and a company called radio line um, as well as a sports betting tech provider called Simplebet. And essentially what Smart Radio is, it works with Google's uh, Android automotive system and it enables drivers and and passengers to transact with radio programming in real time, including gamifying programming and making advertising shoppable. But really what this is all about and what they're testing right now uh, is to enable uh, sports fans to interact with NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, and college football and basketball games, and to be able to make bets in real time, you know, based on the radio broadcast. And so I think this is really interesting. It's all voice enabled. Um, so, you know, you're kind of good from, a, you know, you're not having to you know, take your hands off the wheel while you're driving um, to enable this to happen. Um, it's um, uh, Android Automotive, uh, Android Auto, it does work on Apple uh, CarPlay as well. Uh, currently supporting more than uh, 110,000 radio streams and podcasts from 164 countries in 18 different languages, um, and I think it's it's pretty interesting. The uh, you know the the whole market around sports betting and wagering has has obviously opened up uh, both in the U.S. and here in Canada in the last little while, um, and we're you know it's just growing by leaps and bounds right now. Um, the last week uh, in the last couple weeks actually the NCAA announced that college conferences and individual schools will be allowed to provide stats and other data points to sports wagering companies so that's new as well and will only support the growth of this type of thing. Um, So one of the examples that they they gave for this uh, was around uh, baseball. And they said, for example, uh, during a baseball bra- broadcast, drivers and passengers would be able to bet on each at-bat or pitch in a game, earn points for each correct at-bat, accumulate prizes for winning streaks, and, grand, and a grand prize for earning enough points. Points can then be redeemed for goods and services via the player's mobile phone in local shops or online retailers. So one of the things I like about that too is, is, is you know, you're, you're playing, you're sort of earning you know, points as you go along, I, and I like this idea that, you know, the redemption of those points is, you know, also around local retail or, you know, um, uh, shops as well. So they're, you know, they're driving the, the redemption. They're building a network of partners around this. Um, it's kind of like, in some ways, if you remember the, um, what was the name, Brianna, of the, um, that little system with the, uh, the devices when you're sitting in the in the bars and you could be like playing trivia or doing games you know um mm-hmm. you know against other people in the bar or, or even other bars on the network ntn or something like that right i think it yeah was. there was
1: several and there was something you could just do like through your phone itself as well
0: yeah yeah so kind of think of that now but all voice enabled and all based on you know the sports broadcasts that you're listening to on radio while you're driving so I think this is pretty cool. I think this is pretty innovative. I'm excited about, you know, the potential for, for where this can go. And I like the connection to local retailers on the redemption side. What are your thoughts?
1: No, I agree. I think this is really fun and it's creative and one just alone in the sports betting arena, obviously you've got just massive adoption, massive um, revenue, right? Like the total addressable market there is huge. So being able to interact beyond like the mobile app or you know, it used to be, you had to go to like Delaware, Jersey or Vegas to, you know, to engage in legal sports betting. Now that's completely changed as you mentioned. And now, you know, most people are engaging a lot of times like DraftKings or you know whatever it may be on their phone, those types of, of betting apps and sites, um, and and now to expand that even further and make it more of like you can engage play by play, you can engage in all these different ways, um, is very smart. It's a great you know I think it's a it's a great money maker. But I could also see the ability to interact beyond sports betting in this way. So maybe you mentioned trivia, right? Family trivia and you know, maybe you're battling another family or other families and you're playing in the car on your on your road trip. So there's a lot of other things that, that you could do here that just go beyond that. And so I think that this is like a whole nother um, very interesting avenue and something that also is, is interactive, right? Like you're not staring at a screen the whole time, you're listening. Uh, and I think that's something we just don't do enough these days.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Like, you know, both last week with Geo Broadcast and now this week, you know, we're talking about radio, right? And it, it, it's, to me, it's, it's super fascinating to see like, you know, radio terrestrial broadcast, you know, or streaming in this case, uh, radio, you know, is, um, you know, finding ways to, you know, remain relevant, to grow that, their share of the, the ad, you know, pie, and uh, to engage with people on the go, on the move, it, you know, in the location that they're in, right? And it just speaks to what we've been talking about all along at the LBMA for the last twelve years, you know, about people, places, and media, and um, you know the linkages between that. So I, I I like this a lot. I think it makes a ton of sense, and uh, you know we'll we'll be watching closely to see how they go with smart radio.
1: For sure.
0: All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, you've been listening and watching, episode number. 579 of Location Weekly. We thank you so much for your time. Uh, Please let us know if you have other story ideas. Reach out to us with feedback, uh, criticism, whatever. We're here to take it all. And we'll be back next week with another show. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.
1: Bye.